Hello everyone, I'm Pastor Rick Hawkins of Quest Church in Norman, Oklahoma. I want to thank you all for joining us today. This podcast is going to be informative, insightful, and inspirational for your life. Listen every week because we'll have a special word just for you. Psalm 107 verse 1 says, Oh, give thanks. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his mercy endures forever. I'm going to preach a message this morning entitled, Mind Your Manners. I need you to tell three people around you, mind your manners. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. Bless our time together. In Jesus' name, high five three people. Tell them it's on in the building. Amen. God is good. I'm just going to flow with what I feel here. Um, Abraham Lincoln said these words, it has seemed to me fit and proper that the gifts of God should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged with one heart and one voice by the whole American people, by everyone that is an American. I'll read it again. He said, it has seemed fit and proper that the gifts of God should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged with one heart and one voice by the whole American people. I do therefore invite my fellow citizens to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November as a day of thanksgiving and a day of praise to our Father who dwells in heaven. Great proclamation by a great man, Abraham Lincoln. Paul writes the church at Thessalonica. This is not in my notes for the media team. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 and 19, these words, Rejoice always. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Rejoice when? Pray when? Continually. And then he says, and give thanks in all circumstances. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. Circumstances. Now, preachers preach that, and they say these words. Notice what Paul says. He does not say give thanks for all circumstances, but give thanks in all circumstances. I came to challenge that notion just for a moment. Again, I'm not in my notes, but if Romans 8.28 says, we know that all things work together for the good of those that love God and are thee called according to his purpose, then shouldn't we also give him thanks not just in all circumstances, but for all circumstances? 
Because God's going to take the circumstance and work it for your good. Now, let me just give you a little context and content concerning the word circumstance. If you study the word circumstance, it's interesting in its etymology because it has this connotation of circumstance meaning outskirts or things that arrive from the outskirts. Circumstance means things that stand around you and oftentimes against you. So he says, give thanks in all circumstances. When you find yourself in situations that are standing firmly fixed around you and have set themselves against you, he said right there, give thanks. We are used to, again, I'm not in my message, forgive me. We are used to giving thanks for stuff. We sit at meals and we say, Lord, we thank you for this food. Are y'all with me? We thank you for our family. We thank you for a car. Thank you for a roof over our head. The old saints used to say, and food on the table. We thank you for it. But thanksgiving is a level of prayer. All prayer is communion. All prayer is communion. Be it a request, be it a petition, uh, be it intercession, be it travail, be it supplication, be it praise, be it worship. Prayer is communion. And thanksgiving happens to be one of the top levels of prayer. Because thanksgiving is not just telling him I thank you for, but it is also thanking him even though. So when you sit at your table and you're staring at a slice of bologna instead of a ribeye, you, if you really a man or woman of prayer, you say, Lord, I thank you that even though I don't have a ribeye on my plate, I'm grateful that I get to eat this bologna. You really know you're around a person of gratitude when they can give that even though Thanksgiving. Now, I just came to Quest Church today to find out if there's any even though saints in the building. You know, I, I thank him for this and I thank him, but I also thank him that even though I might not drive what I want to drive, I drove something to get to church today. I thank him that even though I don't live in 10,000 square feet, I still live in 1,200 square feet and I got a roof over my head. Y'all ain't hear me preach to you. Lord have mercy. Is there any even those saints in the building today? I thank him that even though, and sometimes in your thanking him for, you ought to thank him not just for what he did, 
But you need to thank him for what he did not do. Because some of you prayed for certain relationships that if he would have gave it to you, you would have been trying to get out of it by now. Or certain jobs that you prayed for, he didn't give to you because of the job you're enjoying. I need somebody to thank him for stuff he did not do. I'm about to preach, but I I just want to get this Thanksgiving thing right. And you know what? We need to give God thanks for the little bitty stuff. You know, you need to thank him as much for healing you from a cold as you did from healing you from COVID. Can I get about 40 people to jump on your feet and give God some thanks today? Give God some thanks today. Hallelujah. Just nudge your neighbor and tell him, I know he's right about it. I know he's right about it. You may be seated. Our text says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. There's an old English saying that says, manners makes the man. Manners makes the man. Someone once said, I think the thing I miss most in our age is our manners. It sounds so old-fashioned in a way. But even bad people back in the day had good manners. And manners hold a community together. And manners hold a family together. In a way, manners hold the world together. Someone else said, good manners are appreciated as much as bad manners are abhorred. Good manners will open doors that the best education cannot open. Clarence Thomas said, I believe that. Another man said, a man's manners are a mirror in which he shows his own portrait. They are a representation of yourself. I've learned this, that most manners are instilled as a sign of respect to what is going on around you. People determine your value to them in great part by the way you make them feel when they are in contact with you. Showing good manners in your speech reveals that you have respect for others as well as respect for yourself. Manners define who you are in a very large part. I was thinking about myself. I learned to eat with my mouth closed. opposite of eating with your mouth closed is called smacking. Many of y'all have heard of talking smack. But talking smack is not the art of smacking. Smacking is eating with your mouth open, showing everybody your unwanted food. I'm all right for a while. I learned to say, yes, sir, And no, sir. I learned to say yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. The 
power of what I just told you is not yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. The power in what I just said is I learned. We have no saying in our house, you're going to learn by experience or you're going to learn by obedience, but you're going to learn. <laughs> My dad didn't play with that. And I noticed something. You know, manners must be taught. If you just leave a person alone, they'll never learn manners by just being You have to teach them manners. I was with my granddaughter, you know, manners are easily transferable. They're easily transferable. I was, Nia is here. She's staying two weeks with me. She's um, Crystal's third oldest child. She's 12 years old. She's just as precious as she can be. I told her in the car this morning, Nia, I'm going to preach about you today. And she said, oh, my God, Papa, what are you going to say? And Nia was in the truck with me the other day. We were doing something with, oh, I went to pick her up. And um, she loves to ride horses with me and stuff. She loves to hang out with Papa. She's a great grandson. And she said, Papa, I was going to go to my friend's house and I'm hoping to get to see her this week. I said, well, Nia, we'll be sure you do. And she said, there's something strange that goes on in that house. I said, that got my attention. I thought, well, maybe you won't be going to your friend's house this week. <laughs> be careful with what you're about to say. And she said, no, I went there, and my friend was talking to her mom, and then I addressed her mom by saying, Miss so-and-so, can I? And the mom looked at me and said, Neil, why do you keep calling me Miss? Just call me by my first name. And Neil said, I can't do that. And she said, why can't you? And she said, because that's bad manners. And the lady said, what is bad manners? And she said, for a child to refer to an adult by their first name. Are y'all in the building here? And I thought to myself, you only know that because you're my daughter's daughter. Because if your mama would have called an adult by her first name, their first name, she would have found herself in the corner. Not in a kneeling position with a nose against the wall. She would have been picking herself up from the floor. I've been amazed, you know. Uh, Lord, help me to be kind and gentle and tender this morning. Um, I was... Praise the Lord. I've been amazed at how many of your children, when I met them, they 13. 
looked at me and said, well, hey, Rick, how you doing? Praise the Lord. I just think you all not let your children call adults by their first name. I really, I really do think that. I don't think it's cool that kids call their teachers by their first name at school. But I feel like I'm a salmon swimming upstream right now. Going against the grain. Well, it's them same children that don't learn the art of saying Mr. and Miss and yes, sir, and no, sir, and yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, that are whooping you when they get 16 and 17 years old. Um, my dad taught me to shake hands with a man and introduce myself by saying, my name is Rick Hawkins, Mr. Smith. And you shake their hand, you look at them in the eye. Woo, Lord, help me keep moving on here today. Mind your manners. When you learn to say thank you, that's a sign of honor. It's a sign of honor. When you refer to an adult as Mr. and Mrs., that's a sign of respect. And we wonder why this is a generation that is crippled in gratitude honor and respect and it's simply because they have not learned it. God don't teach it. He gave you the manual to teach it. Gratitude is a powerful thing. Gratitude confirms relationship. I say it all the time. If you want to know if someone's in real relationship with you, do something for them. If they take it for granted and act entitled receiving it, you do not have relationship. Because that is the feeling of them receiving a reward they think they deserve. That's the definition of entitlement. We better get to our text. Yeah, it, it, the amens were real loud at the first. And as I went through the list, it just got quieter and quieter. And then finally it got to the shaking of the head. You know you're drilling on that nerve. You're doing that root canal when it moves them. That's right. Amen. To Amen. find our text in the fifth division of Psalms. Psalms is five hymnals. And the 107th Psalm is the fifth hymn of the Psalms. It's the beginning of the fifth division. And he starts it with two words. Give 
thanks. What a way to start a book. Give thanks. And then that idea of giving thanks, thanks catches a rhythm with the writer. And he gets caught up in a repetition concerning two words. Give thanks. He says it in verse 1. Then he talks about stuff that people went through in the Old Testament. And he gets to verse 9 and he says, let them, those people that have been through some things, give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love, verse 8, and for his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he satisfies the thirsty and he fills the hungry with good things. And then he starts talking about stuff people have been through. And he gets to verse 15 and he says, and let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love. And then he talks about people who have been through some stuff. And he gets to verse 21 and he says, let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Then he talks about people who have been through some stuff. And he gets to verse 31 and he says, let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them exalt him in the assembly of the people and praise him in the council of the elders. Psalm 107 is divided into five parts about giving thanks. And it's specifically directed to people who have been through stuff and survived. It's real simple. They went through hell, they went through the waters, they went through floods, they made it through the perilous times. Let them give thanks. So let me just begin this message by saying, if you've been through anything, can you take five seconds and give God some thanks? Just real quick. Just real quick. Just give him thanks. See, if you got to ask people to give thanks, then that simply means... They've never been taught to give thanks. God is good, isn't he? Let me keep going. Over 100 scriptures tell us to give God thanks. 100 times the Bible says give God thanks. 27 times the psalmist writes give thanks. Saying thank you to God doesn't say who God is as much as it says who you are. Man, I feel like I'm pinching down on you today. I'm going to liberate you in a moment. <laughs> saying thank you doesn't say who God is as much as it says who you are. We could almost dismiss. Maybe we should just dismiss. Maybe we ought to just say, God bless you. And let you go on to the house. But I'm not going to do that. Gratefulness is a door opener. Write it down. I'm giving y'all quote after quote. I'm looking at my staff. Gratefulness is a door opener. Favor rarely comes to an ungrateful person. Favor rarely comes to ungrateful people. But unlimited doors are open to a person who has manners and gratitude. 
Psalm 100 says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name for the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Enter his gates, plural, his gates, plural, with thanksgiving. The word gates means the entrances that God provides. But the word gates also means to split open. What is the connotation here? First of all, that God owns more than one gate. As a matter of fact, God is the steward of all your gates. He is the owner of all your gates. And all of your gates represent passages in your destiny that moves you from one level of living to the next level of living. And if you want to go to the next level of living, you better use the key called thanksgiving. In other words, when you give thanks... God begins to give you an entrance into another sphere of your purpose that you've never walked in before. But when you get locked down in your praise, when you get locked down in your gratitude, when you get locked down in your thanksgiving, you are locked down in your place that you are currently in. And some of you are begging for a next level for God to open some door. And God is just simply sitting there saying, be grateful for what you've already enjoyed. God is good, isn't he? Your thanksgiving to God will split open anything that has been closed that belongs to you. It's obvious why we should give thanks. The Bible says give thanks because he is good. Boy, that's good stuff. That's enough. Give thanks for the Lord is good. The opposite of good is not bad. The opposite of good is evil. Some of you have had some bad things happen in your life. They're not evil. They're just bad. There's been this ongoing controversy that has been taught for years as it relates to good versus well. Insistence on well rather than good has resulted in a split connotation. Stay with me. Well is standard. Well is neutral. Well is colorless. Good is emotionally charged and emphatic. Give thanks to the Lord for he is emphatically good. When you give thanks to God, Involve your emotions. Because the involvement of your emotions is an expression of your gratitude. So you just can't say God is good. No, you have to emphatically exclaim 
emotionally that God is good. My Lord. Insistence on well rather than good has resulted in this split. Therefore, good becomes the adverb of choice. Good cannot be adequately replaced with well. You can replace well with good, but you cannot replace good with well. Good has to do with the thing that someone clings to. Lord have mercy. That's why when God created everything out of his nature, he said it came from me. So it is good. He created this. He said it is good. Something that one wants to cling to is a good thing. He that finds a wife. Good is having the qualities required for a particular role. God is good. He has what is required for his role. God is good. It has to do with being bountiful and fertile, suitable, or fit. When you say the suit fits, you say it's good. Good God have mercy. When your wife is suitable for you, you say she's good. I'm glad I didn't find a thing. I'm glad I found a, which means it is a God thing. God is good, not because of the wonderful, but the other way around. The wonderful is because God is good. Should I say it again? Let me say it one more time. God is good, not because of the wonderful, but the other way around. The wonderful is because God is Give thanks. Because God is is good, which means God is not evil. Give thanks because his mercy endures forever. Everything about God is somehow related to endurance. My Lord. Psalm 119 verse 160 says the Lord the word is true from the beginning and every one of his righteous judgments endures forever. His word endures. His truth endures. Psalm 117 verse 2, the merciful kindness is great toward us. And the truth of the Lord endures forever. His righteousness endures. Psalm 112 verse 9, he has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His glory endures. Psalm 104, verse 31, the glory of the Lord shall endure forever. His goodness endures. Psalm 52, verse 1, the goodness of God endures continually. But 44 times the Bible says his mercy endures forever. 44 times does the Bible say his mercy endures forever forever some of you need to thank God for his not just his goodness but his mercy and that's why the psalmist said surely his goodness 
and mercy shall follow me all the days of his life. Somebody in this building needs to turn around today and tell God, thank you for your goodness and thank you for your mercy because your mercy endured in the face of my failure. Your mercy endured in spite of myself. Your mercy endured when I should have been disqualified. Your mercy endured when I did everything I could to bring shame to your name. Your mercy endured. The mercy of God is so strong, if you sing about it, the enemy will turn on himself. Jehoshaphat sings with the choir. He said, do not fight in this battle. The battle is not yours. This battle belongs to the Lord. All you have to do is sing these words. His mercy endures forever. When the choir started singing, the enemy started turning on themselves. I need to know if there's anybody in this building with a song in your heart that says if it was not for the goodness and mercy of God, I don't know where I would be. Whew. If you'll give him praise for his mercy, the enemy will begin to turn on himself. You don't even need to fight when you have thanksgiving in your heart for the mercy of God. You don't even need to struggle when you've got thanksgiving in your heart for the mercy of God. Take 15 seconds and tell him, thank you for your mercy. It is put up with my struggles. It is put up with my defeats. It is put up with my failures. It is put up with my letdowns. It is put up with my disappointments. Somebody shout it with me. Give thanks to the Lord. For he is good and his mercy endures forever. Now turn around and wrinkle up your forehead and tell somebody, mind your manners. Quit being so stingy with your thanksgiving. Quit being so stingy that preachers got to get up here and pump and prime you to give God some kind of praise. Quit being so stingy with giving gratitude to God that praise and worship leaders have to tell you, come on, raise your hands. Come on, lift your voice. Come on, tell the Lord, thank you. Why are we so stingy? Jesus said, if you don't praise me, the rocks will cry out in your place. I need somebody with a thankful heart to lift your hands and tell him, God, thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Tell your neighbor, you don't know like I know what the Lord has done for me. You wasn't there when I was balled up in a fetal position in my bedroom, crying my eyes out, feel like I'm about to lose my mind because I don't know what tomorrow holds. You wasn't there when I pulled my car over in a parking lot, laid my head on my steering wheel, and tears were running down my face because I was not positive I was going to make it. But God and his goodness and his mercy has kept me, protected me, provided for me.